Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. Here we are today, Bernie Shung, Phil Gerbyshack, and the amazing, inspiring, and zombie-inducing John Hayden. Mr. Hayden, how are you, sir? Good. Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. You're, you're in Wisconsin, right? Yes, sir. I'm in downtown Milwaukee at the Hudson hmm. Business Lounge. What did, I read some, what did I read about the other day in Wisconsin? Something's going on there. Uh, top 10 places for college graduates to, to be. Oh. Hmm. I read that something was, else. Something else was going on in Wisconsin. Oh, no, n- tornado. No, that was somewhere else. No, that's right? Oklahoma, yeah. John, but really close. <laughs> right. right. See, that's my problem, right? <laughs> O-A-W-I, not close. What, what's with the U.S. flag? You don't even know where your states are. <laughs> I know, really. Well, Bernie, where do you live? I'm actually in Wisconsin as well. I'm in the capital, oh, Madison. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Madison, great, great, awesome. And where are you yeah. today, John? I'm in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cambridge, Massachusetts. The most... No Boston accent. No Boston, because I grew up in Connecticut. I grew That's up in right. Connecticut, moved up to Boston to go to school, and then I could, I loved it, so I just said, fuck it. Oh, is that okay? <laughs> yes, yep. that's Absolutely. okay. We encourage swearing. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Um, yeah, what, I mean, what's funny, it, Cambridge is like the most kind of arrogant city, probably, in the, in the, uh, in the country. You know, everybody thinks they're all politically correct, and, you know, gay people are awesome. And and they are right, and but you know we're all PC around here, and, and we uh, think we're all special, but but actually, everybody's got their own. Everybody, every place has their own baggage, you know. But one one thing that's interesting is that you know for me, like I grew up in Connecticut, and then I moved moved up to Boston. So, to me, uh, basically the Midwest is like anything between Pennsylvania and Colorado, kind of. There's like the stuff. <laughs> Stuff happening. Oh, the Chicago, right? I know that. I know that. But then everything else, uh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> and, and, and it's even more confusing because you have states like Iowa and Ohio. Like, what is up with that? Yeah. Like, make up your mind. Who, cop- who copied who, right? That is it. Well, thankfully, today is not a geography bee. It's not a <laughs> It's an inbound zombie bee. So we're going to talk about you there, John, and uh, be- before we, we get started here, Bernie, you've not said anything other than you've been laughing a little bit. I know that, uh, I know you've got more, babe. What's going on? Oh, John is cracking me up, seriously. I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I thought I had all of these awesome questions for him, and now I'm like, yeah, it's, it's taking a whole different direction. Hmm. Um, I think the most important thing I really want to know from John, because I know you, Phil, you and John know each other fairly well. Um, in doing my research, John, and finding out more about the things that, that you are an authority in, I've Did you use seen... Google? You used Google, right? <laughs> I used Google. I did. It's on the internet. I... Here we go. <laughs> no, but, but I have been did seeing... Did you use Reddit? 
I did not. not. I did not. Good, good. This will be a nice interview. But but I've been seeing a ton of stuff on on Facebook. Um, And I have a few comments, and then I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. My few comments are, first of all, I've I've hated Facebook for a very long time in terms of using it for professional reasons. And then over the years, it evolved to, okay, if everybody's on there and and I'm very engaged there, why not use it? But then how can we use it more effectively? One of the the comments and one of the observations I want to make, and then I have a question for you, is I was doing it all wrong. I thought that promoting and marketing was – Here's my event. I'm going to invite the entire list of a thousand some people without the, you know them even knowing, not even giving them a reason why. You know me, just come. Or 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 leaving a you know post on their wall saying, hey, you know, here's this going on, and I know you're going to like this. And I thought that I was doing them a favor. I thought I was being effective. And later on, I found out when people started doing that to me. I was like, that is just spam. Get off right, my wall. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the question I have for you is, I, God, this is, this is a hard question because I'm sure there's a lot of different answers. But, you know, at, at what point in, in your you know, career did you realize that, yes, I am going to use mm-hmm. Facebook. This definitely mm-hmm. is a good tool to use professionally. But then how did you finally get it right? Like, mm-hmm. what, you know, kind of, kind of take me through that because I really do think people are still getting it wrong using Facebook for business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Google told you somehow that I'm getting it right. I think <laughs> right? so. We'll no, see. I'm, we'll find out from your answer. Yeah, it was from me. Well, I, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, Facebook is, I consider Facebook very much a business-to-consumer you know, platform if you're going to do any sort of marketing. But there are B2B applications on it, and I, I, I would consider my business business-to-business. Business, you know? So uh, my, I'm kind of in a unique situation in that I – I've written Facebook Marketing for Dummies, the third edition, the fourth edition. I have another book coming out that's all about Facebook fundraising. So I have to have a presence on Facebook as a business, you know. Um, So um, I don't know if I've gotten it right for my business. I mean, I do get leads through Facebook, but I feel like I use my face. I have two different Facebook pages, and I use them mainly for education. You know, I post stuff. And through, I'm posting text updates in different ways and photos and whatnot. And I'm, I'm, the feedback that I get is that nonprofits and even uh, other consultants, you know, who are my peers, they say, I love what you post because I learn so much on how to use Facebook, how to post interesting stuff, even how to present a, a, a text update, you know, how to effectively use a text update, how to reply to comments and so forth. You know, so that's mainly how I'm using it. Um, and, and I do share a lot of really, you know, useful stuff that's, um, but more B2B stuff, you know, um, articles on how to use Facebook would be pretty relevant. But on Facebook, I feel like you have to have a very casual um, tone. It's, it's not a LinkedIn. LinkedIn is all business work, you know, it's all professional. And Facebook is like not at all professional. It's, it's very loose. Twitter, Twitter is very loose. Twitter is even looser, I think. You know, so I don't know. Does that make that, that probably didn't make any? No, it, it does. It does because because I, I think that does kind of answer the question a little mm-hmm. bit because obviously I am in business, but I I am the business really. I am a yep. solopreneur, so chances are when I'm selling to people or promoting, mm-hmm. I'm promoting to the end user, right? Mm-hmm. So the consumer. Yep. So yep. for me. You know, it's kind of tricky because, yes, I am talking to people, you know, 
person to person, you know, business to consumer, if you will, but I am a person, so mm. it's person to person really. But, mm. but at the same time, it's kind of like, Bernie, I'm on Facebook to be your friend or to be your acquaintance. Mm -hmm. Why are mm -hmm. you trying to sell me or market to me? So it was kind of like trying to find mm -hmm. the division between mm -hmm. when do I talk to you about business? When do I talk to you about personal stuff? And so that for yeah. me has always been the challenge. I've gotten yeah. better at it now because I realize if you want to talk more about you know business, let's go over to my business page. Mm -hmm. You know, or mm -hmm. go over to my blog or sign up mm -hmm. for my newsletter. But here's where you get to find out about me, the person. So yeah, yeah. would you agree with that kind of being more of the format now in, in terms of doing it effectively? I, yeah, it, it's a personal choice because everybody has their own boundaries around privacy and how open they are. And I think there's a lot of confusion around transparency. Like this, this mandate that we've heard for years, like you have to be transparent and open. And, and some people think it's sharing what kind of underwear you're wearing if you're wearing <laughs> any at all, right? Or, you know, thong or anything like that. And that's not it at all. It's transparency is giving people the information that they need and not hiding anything. That's really what transparency is. And the emphasis is on information that they need. Or that they want they don't need or want to know what kind of underwear you're wearing that, that's completely irrelevant you know um, so it you know we can use the internet to be more transparent I think people get confused about that but the other main confusing thing about Facebook is that it, and I'm in the nonprofit world right so I work with nonprofits a lot of them don't get it they are saying what do we do with Facebook everybody's got a Facebook page we have to have one too and that's that's the extent of the plan right um, but they don't realize that Facebook is actually a friend network. It's not a nonprofit network. I'm not opening up Facebook in the morning saying, oh, geez, who can I make a donation to? Because I have some extra money to spend. I'm not going to do that, right? I don't care at all about nonprofits. I don't care about brands. I care about my friends. I only go to Facebook because of my friends, right? So that often is... Um, seen as a problem. Wow, geez, that's a problem if people don't want to hear from us. And I, my answer to that is, yeah, they don't want to hear from you, but they would love to hear from your community that they're connected to. So the key, the real secret to Facebook is to get your community talking about you, you know, subscribers, donors, volunteers, customers. You know, get those people talking about you naturally to their friends. That's That's the real magic. You're not... You know, I, I, I'm never one to, to have the idea that you have to convert people. You have to change minds, right? Because on the Internet, for the most part, you're dealing with adults. And adults are going to make up their own minds. There's a quote from Seth Godin. I forget how it goes. But something like, um, you know, people rarely listen to um, what you tell them. They rarely believe what you tell them. They, many times, they'll believe what their friends tell them. Um, but they always believe what they tell themselves. They always believe what they tell themselves, right? So you can't change minds. You're not going to change minds. Nobody's going to change minds. But you can find the people whose minds are already changed such that they're going to be open to doing business with you or supporting your cause or whatever it might be. You know, That's the real twist. It's like a, a – I hate to use the term paradigm shift because that's such an overused term. But it is, it is a shift. It's a – because Facebook is not a free email list of one billion people. It's not a free email list. It's not something you should spam. And spamming, you know, is not obviously not a good thing. Now, and what, Bernie, what I thought was really interesting, what you said, is that you 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 shared your experience about um, you know, kind of telling other people about your business. But then when you took off that business hat 
and then you put on your person hat, you were like, that's spam. It was <laughs> yeah. so clear, right? But for some reason, we can't have both of those hats on. It's, it's weird. We, when, we, when we are marketing, we, oh, we have our marketing hat on. You know? That's one thing I love about Phil. Phil is a whole person. That guy's a whole person, man. He is, he, there's, I don't see any separation between himself and his business. He is the, he's a whole person. He's always Phil. 24-7, Phil. <laughs> right? <laughs> Phil, did you pay did you pay John to say this? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's nice. <laughs> I, I thank you, John. I, I yeah. think but I, I do think that is a practiced art. And by that I don't mean that I'm that I have to practice being me because I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. I think the practice though is an understanding that really other people do want me. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I think that as a small business owner, as a solopreneur, that is a big, big deal. And once mm -hmm. we acknowledge that, that really, I mean, seriously, the reason that I would do business with Bernie has nothing to do with the business she's in. It's because I think she's awesome mm -hmm. and I need what and I need what she has. The yep. reason I like you, John, is because, you know, you're a smart guy and mm -hmm. you can help my business. On a mm -hmm. business level, on a personal level, yeah. completely different. But I have to like you first, right? The, yeah. the whole no like trust thing. Nobody says, you know, I really don't like John, but damn, do I trust him? Mm -hmm. And he's really trustworthy. Mm -hmm. You know that Bernie? I've never heard her name before, but heck, let me buy something from her. I like her. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, right. and, and huh. I think that segues perfectly, John, into where mm -hmm. I want to go here with talking about you because you're a musician. <laughs> Yep. You were a guy that you weren't really sure what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And I can remember what, four years ago now at Sobcon? Yep. We had a tough conversation about so you get you handed me your C D that mm. and, and then kind of changed your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so so mm -hmm. talk us through kind of where you were. I think it's important to give us a little bit of that history. Mm. That yeah. and then now, I mean being the the amazing author that you are. I mean, really, John, your Facebook marketing for dummies, I'm not being hmm. falsely flattering, is a really good book. You've done hmm. you you educate the heck out of me. Hmm. I do enjoy your stuff. But talk us through where you were with music and what you were doing hmm. and then hmm. how that transition happened because I think in that was your big shut up moment where you're like, damn, I gotta I, I have a choice here. And eventually you told hmm. that lizard brain to shut up and you push forward and hmm. in, in becoming the amazing guy you are now. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a. This is a big topic. I'm telling you, because it's it, what you're really getting at is like, John. What was your revolution, your internal human revolution, or personal revolution, or whatever yeah. it is? You know. And um, for me, I, I mean, I played music since I was a wee little kid, right? I played trumpet in fourth grade, drums. I started playing guitar. I loved the Beatles. I mean, I was so, I still am, incredibly passionate about music, right? And so, and I've always been passionate about any kind of art form that expresses something that you can't really put in words. Music does that, right? When you see a movie, right? A movie just moves you. It brings you to a place, right? So I've always had that appreciation. Now, my, my specific craft happens to be music, you know, songwriting and music and all that. Um, but I've, for, since, I was, since I can remember, I've always had this creative urge in my life. But for years, uh, even before I went to Sobcon, you know, I went to Berkeley School of Music, 
Okay, and then of course, you know, I'm not going to make money as a musician. It's like super difficult. Okay, and and even now, when I think back, um, I used to think, wow, I'm kind of a loser at as a musician because I never really made a career out of it. Or I never made money at it. But when I really think about it, I actually never really wanted to make money. That wasn't my first thing. It was just, I love music. I want to do it. Oh, oh, yeah, if I can make money at it, that's cool. But I have to do music, you know? So I'm not, I don't want to, it might sound like I'm just justifying my failure as a, as a potential rock star that never happened. But, but that's not really the case, you know? Um, and so, so then, I, then I had to get a job. So I found, I kind of fell into sales, okay? And here was a job that I could do that, was was enjoyable to a certain degree and that I could make a decent income and there was not too many limits on myself okay and so I worked in healthcare and media you know I worked for a traditional media company selling ads and then eventually I worked for a whole bunch of software companies right um, and what I found was that all along the way I had two lives the split uh, and I now I know um, you know why people who have multi-personalities, they really go insane. It's insane, okay? Living the, the sales job and then, and then you know, making money and all that stuff. And then at night, you're in a club and you're writing this music that's actually saying corporations suck and, you know, money is evil. I wasn't singing that, but, you know, it's a very different world. Like playing music that's about, um, you know, like I, I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. You know, love Bob Dylan. Love Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is a guy who dedicated his entire career to the dregs of society. Prisoners, murderers, rapists. He gave them humanity because he believed, and rightly so, that all people have dignity. All people are worthy of dignity regardless of their past, right? All people are worthy of respect. So, anyhow, I'm getting off a tangent here. But, so I had these two worlds going on. And I always struggled so deeply inside. How can I? How can I bring everything together? How can I bring it together? Okay. And then, you know, another um, thing happened. I had a, a, a boy. You know, in 2003, my son was born. So on top of this du duality, the struggle, the struggle between this mind and that mind, right? Um, then my son's born, right? So now I'm like. Shit, I gotta be a, not just a serviceable dad and pay the bills and make sure he eats, right, and doesn't die. That's that's like a very low benchmark. Okay, I need to be a mentor to him because he's gonna absorb stuff from me like a sponge, right? And I knew that from my own experience when I was a kid, Phil. And I don't think I told you this. My mom had an aneurysm, okay, and she had a stroke. Uh, basically, an aneurysm is a stroke. It's a blood vessel blows up in your brain. And long story short, she was paraly half paralyzed, blind, half blind, lost all of her speech, couldn't say a word. And the doctors all told her, you are going to be in a wheelchair. You're going to basically be like a vegetable for your whole life. And my mom said, fuck off. I've got three kids to deal with. No one's going to tell me what to do. Okay, And I will show you what I'm going to do. So my mom showed me by her very actions what it means to have courage, dignity, what dignity really means. When someone is like changing your underpants because you pooped your pants, you are learning about dignity, right? When you are unable to walk, when people are talking to you like you're, 
you're, you're stupid. Oh, can I help you, miss? I mean, I saw that stuff as a kid, but my mom determined, like the whole way determined so consistently, you know. So I know from my own experience that my, what my mom told me, I don't remember any of that stuff. I mean, she never gave me any lessons of wisdom. I, she maybe, maybe she did, but it was through her action. So I said to myself, I, what kind of action am I taking for my son, right? Am I going, what am I going to do here, right? And then the fourth thing that happened, which was 2007, right, the economy starts taking a nosedive, okay? All my friends at the software company, I worked at the software company starting in 2004 or whatever, the thing goes public, culture changes, of course, and the stock share, share price is the most important thing, the economy tanks, employees are getting laid off, my best friends with their families are losing everything, losing everything. And I'm seeing this left and right. And I say to myself, I say to myself, I say, I do not want to have this experience ever again. I do not want to be working for someone making decisions about what's going to happen with my future, right? Because that's a, that's a terribly um, uh, vulnerable situation, right? When I work for a company, and they could fire me any friggin' day, man. I don't want that, right? So I started thinking in my mind, I said, geez, I'm a smart guy, right? I know a lot of stuff. What can I, what would it look like if I did my own thing? And, you know, and I was already kind of working with nonprofits on the side, like as a volunteer kind of thing. And then I slowly but surely started writing a blog about my experience. And I, I bumped into Chris Garrett, okay? You know, Chris Garrett. He he's my mentor. He's a mentor to me. That guy was the few internet marketing guys out there, few, okay, that I actually trusted. I said, this guy's the real deal. I trust him. I like trust I like and trust him. Let me get to know him. And then I started work you know, working with him. I took his little his course and I talked to him on the phone a bunch of times. And slowly but surely he helped me define like a niche that I was going to be happy with. And the happy part is important because I didn't want to, like you said earlier, Phil, um, when we were talking about you being a whole person, right? You know, <clears throat> you have to be um, happy with what you're doing, and especially if you're a business owner, man, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're going to be doing it until you die, like literally until you die, man. <laughs> Hopefully, right? Might as well love it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right? the hope, man. You know, so, so then I was kind of building that on the side. And then um, I love the work. I love the work that I was doing with nonprofits because it was utilizing my creativity, right? There's so much creativity that's involved in the work that I do in helping a nonprofit tell their story, you know, especially some nonprofit who has a rare disease or whatever and it's boring as hell. How do we tell that in a way that's really going to get people going, right? That takes a lot of creativity, and I have that. I have that. I've exercised that for years through music, Okay, um, and then so anyhow, uh, 2009. So I had this business; it was growing. I'm working until two in the morning. I have a kid. I'm working a full-time job, doing crazy shit. I had one time I was on a webinar, a, a kind of a promotional webinar that I did with this big nonprofit uh, co software company, and um, I had 2,000 people on the webinar. Right? Where am I? I'm sitting in my car during lunchtime, lunch break. I'm in my car. I'm flipping through the pages, paper. I brought in my car of the PowerPoint. I'm like, ah, hopefully they're not going to tell that I'm doing this in my car, right? So I was, and, you know, and then at some point I was like, God, how am I going to make this transition, right? I'm working like a dog. How am I going to make this transition, right? Now, fortunately, 
Um, <clears throat> I didn't, for, and when you have a kid, it's expensive, okay? It's expensive. It's just really expensive, right? I had a mortgage, condo, all this stuff. I have to, you know, you got bills to pay. You can't just, you know, I'm not no longer 18 where I'm like, oh, I can just live on ramen noodles and I'll be fine, right? I have to think about a lot of things. So uh, I got laid off in 2009, right? And I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready because I've been building this thing up, right? I've been building this on the side. And then I got laid off. And you know what? I said, I was scared, scared to death, scared to death. You know why? Because my self-identity up until that moment said, you can't do it. You are going to be an employee for your whole life. And that's kind of what you're made to be. That's your lot in life. That's what the cards say. It's real deep kind of identity, self-doubt, questioning my capability, all this stuff, right? But I got laid off. And I had to, I didn't have a choice. So I, um, it was very, very scary, to be honest with you. But what I did um, was I'm, I'm a Buddhist, so that helps, right, Buddhists. I believe that people, it's good to have a good philosophical foundation or spiritual or religious, whatever, whatever religion, whatever philosophy, if it creates value for yourself and others, that's important, right? But it should be something that bolters, bolsters yourself, strengthens yourself, gives you hope, courage, passion, and ignites all this stuff. So, so I had that to work with. Uh, but essentially, I kept going back to um, <clears throat> uh, two things. One was, what am I? What is my son going to remember about me during this period? What is he going to remember? That I was a coward? That I was like, oh, scared and freaking out and angry all the time because I wasn't pursuing something that I knew that I might be able to actually do? No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have him remember that. I want to have him remember a father who's fucking had his balls to the wall, shitting his pants, but he's still taking action anyhow. Okay? And you know what it felt like, man? It felt like I got pushed off of a building. And someone said, oh, by the way, you got here's some planes and a cockpit and all that stuff. You'll figure it out. And then I had to build the freaking plane on the way down, learn how to fly before I hit the ground because I only, I only had so much money, right? Um, so that was incredibly scary. But I felt like the, the shut-up moment was – that was the, a huge moment for me. Um, so it wasn't – but it all, it, it, it all was – everything kind of made sense over time, you know, because in my mind I was seeking – to bring these two minds together. How can I do it? What's happening? Ah, I've got my music. It's a creative side. Business. i got to make money. Ah, how do I do it? All this stuff. So it, 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 it wasn't like an overnight thing, you know, but it built up over time, and I built the foundation, I think, kind of wisely. Um, do you know Hugh, uh, what's his name? Um, Hugh McGowan. Oh, God, who's the guy? Uh, Hugh Briss, Hugh McLeod. Hugh, Hugh McLeod. Hugh yep. McLeod. I love that guy. His book, I forget the name of the book, but he has a, a quote in the book that said, basically it's a whole chapter. It says, don't quit your day job. He's saying, ignore don't quit your everybody. day job. Yeah, yeah, ignore everybody. That's the name of his book. He said, there's one whole chapter. Don't quit your day job. Basically saying, you know, you got to put food on the table. Don't be an idiot. Like pursue your creative passions, but don't be an idiot. You got to put food on the table. So I did that. I, I, I built this up on the side and I had it ready to go. And when I got... Let, let go, you know, it was definitely earlier than I wanted to, but, you know, quite honestly, I, I probably wouldn't have made that decision for a lot longer, you know, if they didn't say, guess what, here's your, you're, you're done, you're out of here. I, so I was forced. It was such a blessing, man. It was such a blessing, you know. And yeah, now, you could have went back though, right? I mean, John, 
I, really, you could have got another job. What kept you on the path? Ah, because I knew that taking another job, I would regret. I would regret it for the rest of my life. Okay, I would regret it for the rest of my life, even if it was an awesome job. You know what would happen? For the rest of my life, I'd be saying, man, you could have had your own thing going. You could have had your own business. You could have been making a lot more money than you are now, you idiot. And you, you, know, you could have done something and, and demonstrated courage and taken the action and done something that you thought was impossible. Because that's the, to me, that's really the critical point in my experience is that I did something that was in, that I thought was impossible, right? And um, I knew from a reasonable standpoint, I knew in my, in my brain, this little frontal cortex thing, I knew that, oh, well, people do this all the time. People start their own businesses all the time. There are hundreds of me right now on the internet doing this thing right now. So it's doable. But self-identity is such a powerful thing. I thought to myself, unconsciously, subconsciously, they can do it, but I can't do it. So I had to prove that wrong. That was my main, that was the real mission. That was our, that's what I was really doing. That's, I needed to prove that wrong. And that was so, that's something that I will never regret. That's something that I will never forget. I will always have that to take with me, that feeling. Because now, check it out. I have, my business has grown to a certain point, And now, I say, gee, I look at other people and I say, geez, I'd really like to do that. <clears throat> you know, some friends are calling me up in the industry and they say, man, you've got to be doing this and that. And, you know, geez, you should be doing this. And I say, yeah, I need to have a bigger vision for my business now, right? So now I'm kind of at that square one space where I have the, 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 the income, the foundation is there, you know, so I don't, I'm not freaking out from month to month for sure. It's a decent it's a decent living for sure, but I need to take it to the next level so that I have something to um, give, to leave behind, basically. You know, like I'd like to have a business that actually is bigger than me, something that I can just leave behind. So now I'm working on that, and as I'm working on that, I'm running to that same old tape. This, you're not going to be able to do it. It's impossible. You can't do it. God, it's everything you try. It's not working. See, it's not really cut out for you. My job is to be fuck you. That's my job, just like my mom was to those doctors, right? That's my job. And why do I do that? Because I need to be a good example for my son, and I need to be a good example for myself. I need to encourage myself, too. I need to say, you are the balls. You are the, <laughs> you are the ovaries. Okay? <laughs> I want to add one thing, because in addition to the fuck you quote, which I'm, I'm going to put down in the blog when we have the blog accompanying this, this show, but uh -oh. the, quote, <laughs> the quote that kept ringing loud and clear to me, I, I just Googled it on my phone real quick, was the one by Bill Cosby. He says, in order to succeed, your desire for success should be greater than your fear of failure. Hmm. You're wow. the epitome of that. You really mm -hmm. are. That's what I kept hearing mm -hmm. in, in your story. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I love, and it's so great that we have awesome people like Bill Cosby, right? And and, and we think to ourselves, oh, Cosby, this is the problem with our world today. I mean, there are a lot of problems with our world today. But for some reason, people think that success happens overnight. It's funny. But Bill Cosby, man, that guy was probably a huge loser for half his career at least. Not, I don't want to say, I'm saying loser in a funny way, you know, but he was struggling. He, he was probably saying, am I going to make it? What's going to happen? Uh, but he kept doing it because he believed in it. There's um, um, 
a guy, um, a Czech president, President Czechoslovakia. I don't think he's, he's not the president anymore. Um, Václav Havel. Uh, he's a poet. He used to be a poet. He was in prison. Czechoslovakia put him in prison, right? They're like, you're in prison for crimes, you know, for poetry, right? And then uh, he was a political activist. He eventually left prison and became the president. He said, man, I'm no prisoner. I'm the president. But, but, but one quote he has, which is awesome, is um, hope is not the idea that things will turn out a certain way. Hope is the idea that what you're doing is right. It's right. It's the right thing. So that I think that's so important when you're doing when you have your own business, you have to and you're doing kind of what I'm doing. You have to feel like I'm doing something right, and that that's a lot of the reason why I work with nonprofits because I want to be able to sleep at night. I've had many years where I was making lots of money, but I wasn't able to sleep. And money can buy you a really nice brass bed, but it cannot buy you a good night's sleep. It really can't. You know. So I feel like I feel incredibly fortunate right now. And I have to say thanks to Phil because, Phil, when I met you at SobCon, two times actually, we met at SobCon two yeah. times. Every time I talk to you, man, you know what I love about you? You are uncompromising. You are always looking at people's potential. You're not looking at who they are now. You're looking at their potential, man. There aren't many of you in this world. There really aren't, right? We all, when we look at each other, oh, that guy's a loser. Look at his pants, man. His pants are falling down. That guy's, that's all that that guy is capable of doing. We do that. When we do that, we slander ourselves. We actually slander ourselves, man. That's a crazy. We're stupid. We're stupid people, man. <laughs> you know? John, can I, can I tell you, John, you're the first guest that we've had on the show where me and Phil are both sitting here in front of the camera with our hands and our faces just adoring and admiring everything you're saying. I'm not even kidding you. Okay. <laughs> you're amazing. Well, oh, that's great. I mean, I have great people in my life um, that I, I have a huge debt of gratitude and, and gratitude to. And one of them is Phil, honestly. That is the honest to God truth. People like Phil, people like Chris Garrett, people like um, uh, uh, Edith Bunker. Shit, man. She, she's awesome. I mean, you know, she died. Actually, no, yeah. Jean Stapleton. Yeah, that's her real name. Yes. But, you know, people like that who you just, they just really influence your life in such a profound, pervasive way. And we, we, we I think we, um, we take it for granted. I don't know, at least I do. I take it for granted, you know, that we have so many amazing people in this world. When we open up the paper, man, the Huff Huffington Post or something like that, read about all these stupid people, right? And idiots, idiots all over the planet. But if we, I think it's better to focus on the people that are great. We need great mentors, man. And Phil is a great mentor. Phil is a great mentor. Look at, um, oh shit, uh, uh, Liz Strauss, as an example, right? She's a mentor. Man, yeah. she is she is a lioness. That's what I, I, when I was talking to her a, year, a couple of years ago. I said, Liz, you're like a lioness. No one's going to fuck with you. And you have your pride. I mean, your lion's behind you, and you are the lioness. You are the one that's protecting the entire group of people. And she has that kind of courage, man. She has that kind of like... She's not going, you know, undefeated kind of uh, ability. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, there sure. you go. There yeah, you go. I mean, that's, yep. that's really what it's about, John, is finding a tribe, right? 
making sure that you have some people behind you that can help you and having mm -hmm. the courage to go forward. Even yeah. in the face of mm, what many might think is indomitable uh, adversity, like your mother, mm -hmm. you know, like you might have felt, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Bernie and I, we've had plenty of those moments as well. Mm -hmm. So as a small business owner, when you have those moments, you have to say, you know what? I'm pretty damn awesome. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you don't believe it, then find somebody who believes in you that yeah. you can get to help you propel forward, somebody that you can mentor or be mentored by, and then mm -hmm. move that forward because really we do have that potential. That P word, that's a big word, man. That's a capital P word. And if mm -hmm. you're willing to just birth it and just put mm -hmm. it out there, you can mm -hmm. succeed. And if you're going to swallow it, it's like a pill, and it's mm -hmm. going to kill you. So you really have yep. a choice. And I think yeah. that that's a great reminder, John, for us. Mm -hmm as we kind of wrap this one up. Bernie, you got one more that you want to share? Bernie, yeah. thought there? Well, actually, it's, it's kind of one more question. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always of the mindset of, you know, we always talk about why we do what we do and how we show up in the world. And I think that mm -hmm. it's, it's easy for us three to understand because we've really worked on ourselves quite a bit over the last several years, if not decade or more. But for those who are just starting out and trying to get a, a hold of, of their calling, if you want to call it their purpose, mm -hmm. actually just had a coaching conversation today where the lady said, I know who I want to be. I know where I want to be. I know what I want to be doing. But Bernie, how do I kind of get rid mm -hmm. and let go of the old me and the old people? And how do I then mm -hmm. surround myself with the new people? Mm -hmm. What would mm -hmm. your advice be to people like mm -hmm. that who are going through that? Um, <clears throat> action is the biggest middle finger to fear and doubt. It's seriously action. There's nothing like action because if you wait until you feel like, oh, I feel so like I feel my limitless potential and then you act, nothing's ever going to happen. You know, you have to just take action regardless of how you feel, you know, because the action is going to get you the result. And then with the result, you feel hope. Oh, that worked. Oh, I got a result. Ooh. And then that bolsters your um, self-identity. Right, your self-concept. I think Muhammad Ali. <clears throat> I don't know the quote, but Muhammad Ali was all about like basically faking it until you make it, and that was part of his strategy. When he fought an opponent, he would his main strategy was to fuck with them, to say, "I'm gonna kick your ass," you blah blah blah, blah. and he had the he, he he would like basically talk some serious trash that he had to then back up. So he put himself into a situation where he had no choice. But to win, he had to win because he, he, he just put that out there, right? That was his whole strategy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up a situation where there is no back door. I have to just keep going, you know? But I, I think I would say action. Like, no matter how you feel, consistently take action, even a small step every single day. And the action, even just the action, even without the result, it makes you feel great. Because you know in your heart and in your subconscious, you know that you're more powerful than the old tapes or your old identity or anything because you're just saying, hey, my actions, they're saying, fuck you. You're not going to have any more control over me and you're going to be history very soon because I'm going to keep acting, right? I'm going to keep taking action. Slowly but surely, the negative voices or whatever it is, they start saying, you know what? God, we've got to go somewhere else. This, this, this person's not listening. There's no influence here. We can't do anything. We are powerless. Let's go somewhere else. Okay. And eventually they vacate, you know, but you, it's, it's always like the dark and the light, this constant battle, like you're bringing out the sun of, of hope in your own life. And through a number of things, I, I have 
like I said before, like a spiritual practice or some type of thing, meditation or whatever it might be where you're like getting that center going, but you all have to balance that with action. You have to take massive action, you know. I love it, and I'm glad you kind of brought that into into your uh, feedback. Before we let you go, uh, mm. three things. Tell us three things that you've put into your daily practice of, of embracing mm. this mindset. Um, <clears throat> three things. Uh, oh, I write down goals, and I look at them every day. <laughs> it's amazing what that does, right? I literally I have an index card, and I keep it in my wallet. And I just look at it. It's an old-fashioned index card, you know, not, nothing, no app or anything like that. So that's one thing. And then I spend every morning and every night, no matter what, I have my Buddhist practice, and that's a time where I'm kind of rejuvenating myself. That's the second thing. The third thing is to um, be with other people. Like Phil said, you know, find someone, even call someone that you know is going to make you feel good, you know. That is so incredible. You know what I realized the other night? Uh, just one final thing. You know, we live our whole lives um, in a in in our in our identity, right? We have our eyes, ears, and all this stuff. The only way that you, we interact with the world is with our five senses, right? And we cannot become whole people unless we have the influence of others, right? We are who we are because of the people that influence us. So, the third point is get with other people. Get with other people that are struggling too. Get with other people that are fighting as well and that are good friends, good influences on you. That's that's a critical And help them out. You know, help them out. That's that's gonna give you so much more power. Right? That, Love that's, it. My, that, that's all I got. Love it. I'm like, I'm like, I could go on to a, a list of ten or more of it. I, I think that's enough. That's enough to fuel people for now. You're amazing, John. Um, Phil, you want to help John close it up by having uh, John tell us his digits and whatnot? Yeah, for our John. So yeah, John. So we love you, man. You are awesome, and we want other people to love on you too. So of course, you see at John Hayden. But John, where can they find you online so they can interact with you on Facebook and see how you run a business page and how you sure. live your life as a whole person? Yep. So, um, so yeah, Twitter is just at John Hayden, and then my blog is johnhayden.com, right? And then Facebook is uh, actually facebook.com forward slash inbound zombie. Like, it's all one word, inbound zombie, and that's, that's basically it. LinkedIn is okay if you can find me there, but I, it's like a, I don't really check LinkedIn as much as I should. <laughs> I probably should do that. <laughs> People send me messages. I'm like, oh, man, you sent me this message like three weeks ago. I'm really sorry. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, John, for being on our show and teaching us how you learn how to shut up and shut that zombie brain off. Thank you. Thank your mother when you talk to her for I will. I will. making her, making you an amazing man. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, I will. John, and God bless the USA. God bless the USA. <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Shut Up Show. And remember, if you don't want to miss a single episode, go on to our website at theshutupshow.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.